Chapter number 16 of The Ship of Stars. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shashang Jakmola. The Ship of Stars by Arthur Quiller Couch. Lizzie and Honoria. His apprenticeship lasted a year and six months, and all this while he lived with the Jolls, walking home every Sunday morning and returning every Sunday night, rain or shine. He carried his stiffness of hand into his new trade, and it was Manderva who begged and obtained an extension of the time agreed on. Rather than lose the boy, I'll take him for love. So Taffy stayed on for another six months. He was now in his seventeenth year, a boy no longer. One evening, as he blew up his smithy fire, the glow of it fell on the form of a woman standing just outside the window and watching him. He had no silly fears of ghosts, but the thought of the buried woman flashed across his mind, and he dropped his pincer with a clatter. "'Tis only me,' said the woman. "'You needn't to be afeard.' And he saw it was the girl Lizzie. She stepped inside the forge and seated herself on the Dane's anvil. "'I was walking back from prayer-meeting.' she said tis nigher this way but i don't ever dare to come might i dare say if i'd somebody to see me home ghosts asked taffy picking up the pincers and thrusting the bar back into the hot cinders i don't know i gets frightened o the very shadows on the road sometimes i suppose now you never walks out that way which way why towards where your home is that's the way i comes no i don't taffy blew at the cinders until they glowed again it's only on sundays i go over there that's a pity said lizzie candidly i'm kept in sunday evenings to look after the children while farmer and missus goes to the chapel that's the agreement i came upon taffy nodded it would be nice now wouldn't it she broke off clasping her knees and staring at the blaze what would be nice Lizzie laughed confusedly. Oh, you make me sight. I can't bear any of the young men up to the chapel. If me and you... Taffy ceased blowing. The fire died down, and in the darkness he could hear her breathing hard. They're so rough, she went on, and the other night I met young Squire Vile riding along the road, and he stopped me and wanted to kiss me. George Vile? Surely he didn't. Taffy blew up the fire again. Yes, he did. I don't see why not, neither. Why he shouldn't kiss you? Why he shouldn't want to? Taffy frowned, carried the white-hot bar to his anvil, and began to hammer. He despised girls, as a rule, and their ways. Decidedly, Lizzie annoyed him, and yet, as he worked, he could not help glancing at her now and then, as she sat and watched him. By and by, he saw that her eyes were full of tears. "'What's the matter?' he asked abruptly. "'I... I can't walk home alone. I'm afeard.' He tossed his hammer aside, raked out the fire, and reached his coat off its peg. As he swung round in the darkness to put it on, he blundered against Lizzie, or Lizzie blundered against him. She clutched at him nervously. "'Clumsy! Can't you see the doorway?' She passed out, and he followed and locked the door. As they crossed the turf to the high road, she slipped her arm into his. I feel safe that way, 
let it stay go after a few paces she added you're different from the others that's why i like you how i don't know but you'll be different you don't think about girls for one thing daffy did not answer he felt angry ashamed uncomfortable he did not turn once to look at her face dimly visible by the light of the young moon the hunter's moon now sinking over the slope of the hill thick dust too thick for the heavy dew to lay covered the cart track down to the farm muffling their footsteps lizzie paused by the gate best go and separate she said paused again and whispered you may stay if you like may do what 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 young squire wyle wanted they were face to face now she held up her lips and as she did so they parted in an amorous little laugh the moonlight was on her face daffy bent swiftly and kissed her oh you heard with another little laugh she slipped up the garden path and into the house ten minutes later daffy followed hating himself for the next fortnight he avoided her and then late one evening she came again he was prepared for this and had locked the door of the smithy and let down the shutter while he worked she tapped upon the outside of the shutter with her knuckles let me in can't you leave me alone he answered pettishly i want to work and you interrupt i don't want no love-making i don't indeed i'll sit quiet as a mouse but i'm afeard out here nonsense i'm afeard of the ghost there's something coming let me in go taffy unlocked the door and held it half open while he listened yes there's somebody coming on horseback now look here it's no ghost and i can't have you about here with people passing i i don't want you here at all so make haste and slip away home that's a good girl lizzie glided like a shadow into the dark lane as the trample of hoofs drew close and the rider pulled up beside the door you're working late i see is it too late to make a shoe for either the camp here it was honoria she dismounted and stood at the doorway holding her horse bridle no said taffy that is if you don't mind the waiting with his leathern apron he wiped the dance anvil for a seat while she hitched up either the camp and stepped into the glow of the forge fire the hounds took us three miles beyond carvethill and there just as they lost i the cam cast his off hind shoe i didn't find it out at first and now i've had to walk him all the way back are you alone here yes who was that i saw leaving as i came up you saw someone yes she nodded looking him straight in the face it looked like a woman who was she that was lizzie pezak the girl who sold you her doll once she's a servant down at the farm where i lodge honoria said no more for the moment but seated herself on the dane's anvil while taffy chose a bar of iron and stepped out to examine eyed the camp's hoof he returned and in silence began to blow up the fire i dare say you were astonished to see me she remarked at length yes i'm still forbidden to speak to you the last time i did it grandfather beat me the old brute taffy nipped the hot iron savagely in his pincers i wonder if he'll do it again somehow i don't think he will taffy looked at her she had drawn herself up and was smiling 
In her close-fitting habit, she seemed very slight, yet tall, and a woman grown. He took the bar to the anvil and began to beat it flat. His teeth were shut, and with every blow he said to himself, Brute! That's beautiful, Honoria went on. I stopped Menderva the other day, and he told me wonders about you. He says he tried you with a hard-boiled egg, and you swung the hammer and chipped the shell all round without bruising the white a bit. Is that true? Taffy nodded. And you're learning the Latin and Greek. I mean, do you still go on with it? He nodded again, towards the volume of Euripides that lay open on the workbench. And the stories you used to tell George and me, do you go on telling them to yourself? He was obliged to confess that he never did. She sat for a while watching the sparks as they flew. Then she said, I should like to hear you tell one again, that one about Aslock and Orm, who ran away by night across the ice fields and took a boat and came to an island with a house on it and found a table spread and the fire lit, but no inhabitants anywhere. You remember? It began, Once upon a time, not far from the city of Drontheim, there lived a rich man. Taffy considered a moment and began, Once upon a time, not far from the city of Drontheim. He paused, eyed the horseshoe cooling between the pincers, and shook his head. It was no use. Apollo had been too long in service with Admetus, and the tale would not come. At any rate, Honoria persisted, you can tell me something out of your books, something you have just been reading. So he began to tell her the story of Ion, and managed well enough in describing the boy and how he ministered before the shrine at Delphi, sweeping the temple and scaring the birds away from the precincts. But when he came to the plot of the play and, looking up, caught Honoria's eyes, it suddenly occurred to him that all the rest of the story was a sensual one, and he could not tell it to her. He blushed, faltered, and finally broke down. But it was beautiful, said she, so far as it went, and it's just what I wanted. I shall remember that boy I am now, whenever I think of you helping your father in the church at home. If the rest of the story is not nice, I don't want to hear it. How had she guessed? It was delicious, at any rate, to know that she thought of him, and Daffy felt how delicious it was while he fitted and hammered the shoe on either camp's hoof, she standing by with the candle in either hand, the flame scarcely quivering in the windless night. When all was done, she raised her foot for him to give her a mound. Good night, she called, shaking the reins. Half a minute later, Taffy stood by the door of the forge, listening to the echoes of either camp's scanter, and the palm of his hand tingled where her foot had rested. End of chapter number 16